0: Welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. I have officially decided to give up on numbers because I also have my Sports Up podcast and I don't record anything in order anymore, apparently. So before I get all the numbers confused, I'm just going to stop saying them. But this episode will be 20-something and we have a little bit of news today. We have a Kesha update, some brief, brief sports news with Aaron Andrews, who is a sports caster and journalist, basically. And then we will be discussing South by Southwest since that will be coming up literally right after we post this episode on Thursday for all of you to listen to. So we figured this would be great timing to talk a bit about that, especially since Caitlin is from Austin. How could we not discuss it? So Megan, why don't you go ahead and start us off with that Kesha update?
1: Yeah, so Kesha still has her court cases and everything, which is kind of a bummer, but she's a fighter, which is great. So... Last night, which would be Saturday night, she gave a 10-minute speech at the 2016 Nashville Equality Dinner, where she accepted the Human Rights Campaign's Visibility Award. So this is a very prestigious award, and her speech was wonderful. We will have the speech posted in our show notes, and her speech will begin around 9 minutes and 30 seconds. And it focused on her involvement with the LGBTQ community, as well as what's going on just a tiny bit with that legal case. She used it as a way to thank the community for their support, where she got emotionally choked up halfway through it. But luckily, she regained her composure, had just rounds of applause, and it was great. Um, One of the most notable things in this speech is where she said, fame is strange and unnatural, and I'm grateful for it mainly because it has put me in a position where I can actually do something positive for the world, and that is really the best part of it. So congratulations to Kesha. I'm glad that she's out speaking in public and looking absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah. And you know what happened last time when we spoke about Kesha right after we finished recording, of course, a whole bunch of other news came out. And this was one of the things that has happened since that episode that we recorded. So knowing our luck, something else will happen within the next three days before you guys hear this episode. (laughs) And if anything crazy does happen, we will definitely include that for you all to see in the show notes. But right now we're going to move on to the Aaron Andrews situation, which basically what happened was she had a stalker who was allowed to be in the same hotel as her and in the room right next to her. And he basically found a way to get a peephole into her room and then took a video of her, you know, changing, it was basically a nude video of her, and in a Washington Post article from today, they were saying that basically the lawyers were trying to make it seem like she benefited from this video just because, you know, she's good at her job, and she's very intelligent with sports, and basically because the contracts she signed after this incident were for larger amounts of money. They were just saying that, you know, because of this nude video that came out, she was given more money just because of it, which personally, I think that's extremely disgusting of the lawyers to say that about someone who has been a victim of a crime. And we wanted to talk about this briefly, even though it's sports, because I think it still says a lot about the entertainment industry as a whole and how they basically treat women, especially women who, you know, decide to step up and speak up about these incidents that have happened to them. And, you know, obviously the hotel should take some blame for this because they didn't take the proper steps to basically keep this guy away from her, whether or not they knew You know, that's a little different. But Megan, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Other than the thought that it makes me just completely sick. (laughs) Yeah. I I could probably just talk on and on about this because Aaron Andrews is a sports broadcaster. And I know what it's like being in the broadcast industry just from some of the TV classes I took at Penn State. It's rough. Yeah. You are a public figure, you get your name out there. And if I'm remembering this correctly, ESPN actually had her talk about it just to say, hey, this is not a ploy for publicity. This this is what happened. Right. And I don't think it's okay that they kind of made her talk about it when she clearly wasn't ready to. Yeah. Because it was one of those, you're going to speak about this or you're going to lose your job. And she's already been, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? ogled by men by gross, disgusting, awful individuals, because of how she looks. She's not exactly your traditional sportscaster wearing god-awful suits and mismatched patterns. She's very pretty. And that has a lot to do with this case, Um, because it's, oh, let's try to exploit her body and nothing else. And she was stalked I think the hotel staff made a huge error in judgment in allowing this creep to be in the room next to hers, and I'm just trying to figure out how he was able to remove the peephole and put in his little thing. Right. That's so scary to me because that could actually happen to anybody. You could be in the hotel room next to some complete psycho. Honestly, and enough of me ranting. <laughs> I'll say nice things now. I
2: said, like, well, I, I I just I took a little I, time I, I don't to know. um. Yeah, I took some time to look up the actual court documents this time, um, right. and I did find there's like a nine page, basically nine pages of just basically the legal, everything set up for the case. And so what it comes down to is that Erin is more or less suing the Marriott company for about $75 million. Right. And um, and what it comes down to is that she comes into you know their hotels with the expectation of privacy that she didn't receive. Um, you know, they basically this guy called the hotel while he was in a different state and asked if she was staying there. They told him yes. He then flew to the to Nashville to the hotel she was staying at and then requested that he be placed in the room next to her. The hotel didn't have any knowledge of who he was or any of his background. But either way, that completely violates any privacy laws um, that hotels follow. Um, So that's where a lot of it comes from. And I think, I mean, obviously, the obvious parts of this case are really, really horrible. But I think a lot of what bothers me is how, you know, to get for Erin to receive reparations in any way, it comes down to having to figure out like what her emotional distress and embarrassment is worth like that everything has to have this number value put on it. Um and I mean, you know, in the end, right now, I guess that is the only way to get that kind of um I guess justice from a corporation. Right. Um a huge conglomerate like Marriott. Uh, but it's just it's sad. It, it really is sad that this has there has to be a price put on this kind of just you know, life-changing event, life-altering event. Um I I'm sure she has been in counseling, that was kind of one of the things that was hinted at as far as future current and future medical bills and stuff like that. It's just um I don't know that's that's sad to me is that what it that's what it comes down to is that you know, yeah, the dude's going to jail for two and a half years. that's what was decided um, for the stalker, but that it comes down to well, I guess the only thing we can do to make this right is get money. Um, And of course, money is helpful for a lot of things. um, But when you read more into it, and especially reading into the comments, which I know you should never do, never read the (laughs) comments, but like the lawyers were saying that she is gaining from this and benefiting from it. It's the same thing that the commenters are saying, you know, she's being called a whore and an attention seeker and all of that kind of stuff. um, Because that's how people are perceiving it when they see a figure like $75 million, you know, unless you really understand the depth, which I mean, I personally, you know, I don't understand the depth. Um, I will never.
0: The thing is that she's asking for 75. And obviously, that's not Necessarily, what she's going to get. This number will probably course, be yeah. ne- negotiated down a lot more, as with.
2: And that's exactly what's going on in the case right now.
0: Yeah. And with this Washington Post article, basically what they did was they went to other legal experts. There was like a law convention type thing down in San Diego. So they went and asked these legal experts what they thought of what the attorneys were doing to her on the stand which by the way was streamed live and on tv that's awful. and all of the legal experts were like that was a terrible idea by those lawyers like that's just not a good defense for them at all because the jury that is there they're going to see her as someone who's sympathetic and relatable because she's the victim. So I don't know what those lawyers were thinking, but they pretty much just hurt any case they were trying to make because something like this doesn't make someone's career. Usually it's trying to, you know, tear them down and ruin their careers. So I don't see how they could spin this as, oh, this just benefited you and all of this. Like, she got that money because she's good at her job. And I don't see why anyone would think otherwise, especially if, you know, maybe some people on the jury were slightly familiar with her. But I know they try to keep the juries as unbiased as possible. But you see it with, you know, big name cases and everything. It's hard to not know who these people are sometimes. So you're going to get juries who know at least something about these people. I mean, we're seeing it now all over again with, you know, like American crime story, The People versus O. J. Simpson. I'm sure everyone on that jury knew who O. J. Simpson was. It was a little hard not to if you lived in California, you know.
1: This is true. Yeah. And then with the jury, um, Aaron made the decision to have them see the video in full. Right. Uncensored. And that that takes a lot of guts. And on top of that, well, the thing. jury you know, was also why shown. Why would someone
2: put themselves through that? That's I mean, exactly that's what I don't understand. Is no one who was trying to extort or get any more attention would put them th- through something? Put themselves through something so like degrading and embarrassing.
0: Right.
2: Uh, it just and I don't. People, I guess, just don't get that or don't want to understand that or want to think about that aspect of it.
0: Right. But I think that's something that's definitely going to help make her case with the jury because now the jury knows exactly what happened. So again, I mean, like you mentioned, similar to the Kesha case, it's kind of easier sometimes to kind of wade through the court documents to find out what's actually happening instead of having people who maybe don't know as much about it. I mean, I'm no legal expert, but I've at least taken like contracts classes and stuff to know something about law. (laughs) There are some basics that really aren't difficult concepts to understand once you know what they actually are. And I think that I'm really hoping that she can get through this and continue her work without people bringing this up and that sort of thing constantly because she's great at what she does and she deserves to be doing it no matter you know what espn or fox sports want to pay her that's up to them so i don't see why the public should really care how much money she's making for work she does you know
1: Mm -hmm. all right and on top of that the internet is forever you can't scrub it from the internet it's true yeah definitely all right well We're going to go ahead and stop
0: with this kind of depressing topics that we've had going here (laughs) lately. And we're going to talk about something exciting and crazy, and that is South by Southwest. But I'm going to go ahead and let Caitlin tell you all about it since she is our resident Austinite. I don't know if that's what you guys call yourselves, but that's what it's going to be. Okay, great.
2: We are Austinites. (laughs) Um, so this will be my ninth year to attend South by Southwest. It's my fifth year to be living in Austin during the event. Um, and when I refer to South by Southwest, I am not referring to the official conference. Um, the, when you go to southbysouthwest.com, it takes you to the conference website. And that um, has actually four parts. Um, this week, South by Southwest Education Starts um which is then followed by south by southwest interactive south by southwest film and then wraps up with south by southwest music um and so to attend any parts of these conference conferences um or events or panels or whatever it may be you have to have a badge um and those badges range from $200 to $1000 for what is called like a platinum badge that gets you into everything um and i have never had a badge um There is also something called a music wristband, which you can purchase for, I think, $170. um, And that wristband will allow you to attend official conference shows only after everyone who has a badge has been let in. (laughs) Um, So everything that you see on the South By website, we we call it South By, Um, everything that is on the South By website um, basically is useless to anyone who doesn't have a badge which would be me and pretty much everyone I hang out with. So I've never attended the official music conference or film or interactive or anything. I have actually attended the education conference since I am a teacher. Um, I have attended that the past four years, but the part of the festival, whatever you want to call it that I go to is a hundred percent unofficial. And it always has been, I've never been to an official event. Um, So that kind of, I think people kind of have a misunderstanding of what South by Southwest actually is. Um, So there is definitely the official concept of it. And then the unofficial is usually what people are coming into town for um, unless you're part of the industry or something like that. So it's a really, really interesting time of year. Um, I love it to death and I hate it. I get really, really excited and I dread it terribly. Um, So I know both of you guys kind of have some general questions. So we'll do a little Q&A and I'll try to clear things up. And I know I'm sure there are listeners out there too who are maybe not clear on stuff. So you guys are definitely welcome to tweet me any questions that you have once you hear this. So, Deanna,
0: go for it. Well, one of the main things I wanted to know, as you mentioned, you know, there's different parts of South by Southwest. So you have, you know, the interactive section, the film section, the music section, and they kind of all overlap a little and occur within this, what, like 10 day period or so. Yeah. Do people ever go for like all three of those things or do most people kind of do what you do and pick and choose?
2: Well, yeah, and that's that's where the badges come in. Um, you can purchase just an interactive badge, okay. just a film badge, just a music badge, but then you can also purchase what is called a gold badge, um, which will get you into film and music, I believe. And then you can also purchase the platinum badge that I mentioned that will get you into interactive film and music.
0: It depends on how much money people want to spend, basically.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, And for a lot of people who attend, you know, I have friends who um, work in a lot of startup companies in Austin who will attend the interactive part um, because their companies are paying for it and stuff like that. So some people, a lot of people, especially um, people in the music industry, um, film industry, a lot of their companies are paying for this. But there are definitely people who shell out the money and just come for the tourism and the experience Um, And any artist or any filmmaker who is an official member of the conference, they do get a badge for free.
0: Nice. Well, I don't want to hog all of the questions. So, Megan, why don't you go ahead and ask one of yours? Well, when you think of the
1: word conference, you think of the word swag, (laughs) more specifically free swag. So, what exactly is all of this fancy free swag like?
2: So, as someone who has never attended the official conference, um, I've only ever benefited from stuff that is handed out at you know, official sh- unofficial shows and just kind of walking around the city. Um, and I, when I was in college, I definitely gathered up a lot more of that than I do now. But one of the biggest things that is free is alcohol and food. Um, when I was in college, I don't think I ever paid for a beer or a drink during the festival. Um, A lot of the parties are sponsored by different beer companies or, you know, vodka companies or whatever. Um, There was one I attended that was Jameson. So they had all free Jameson drinks all day. Um, So that was usually the best part. Um, The city has cracked down a lot on that because we've had a lot of really terrible incidences the past few years. um, Two years ago, we had a guy drunk drive through a crowd of people. Um, And so ever since that happened, it's, Really, it's changed a lot as far as the number of permits the city gives out and alcohol permits and stuff like that. Um, there are definitely still opportunities to find free alcohol and food. Um, but now uh, a lot of the parties give out you know stickers and posters and promotional CDs. I love going to the Top Shelf Records Showcase because they give out free seven inches, um, which is really, really cool. And they're always like different variants and stuff. Um, but it really depends, you know, I, since I haven't attended the conference, um, I'm not sure if they receive anything in particular. If you do attend the conference, there are a lot more events, um, that are only there for badge people. Um, so those always have, uh, open bars, a lot of catering, that kind of stuff. So if you are paying for the badge, you definitely get a lot more free stuff. And I honestly don't know what all of that is since I am but a lowly peasant.
0: (laughs) Well, so... Film and music are pretty self-explanatory for those sections, but for people who might not understand what the interactive portion is, is that kind of like, you know, more like electronics conferences where you can get like hands-on experience with products and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, So interactive kind of is a catch-all for anything that has to do with tech development, any kind of innovation. Um, you know, every year, different parts of the conference are sponsored by Samsung or, you know, Microsoft or whatever. Google always is a huge part because we have Google offices here in Austin. So anything that is new and upcoming um, at the education portion that I've attended, there are always um, tech companies there, tech startups that are focused in the education realm, um, introducing new products, trying to get us to pilot things and programs. So interactive is generally the same kind of thing. Um pretty much a catch-all just for any startup and innovation that's happening in technology, whether it has to do, um, you know, specifically with computers or cell phones or just app development in general. So it's it's a lot of different stuff going on. Um, so it's we always call it like the nerdier part of the conference. You can always tell when all the interactive people get into town. It's just <laughs> like a bunch of fat dads hanging out. So it's always, you can always tell when interactive starts for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean... Not gonna lie, the interactive actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, but. <laughs> to me yeah, too. No, that's, cool. <laughs> that's, that's coming from cool. me being it's a huge definitely,
2: nerd. definitely geek central, and it's awesome. Some of the stuff that they have.
1: I think they're doing what a virtual reality thing this year. Probably. Yeah, I'm gonna be that interested on the to see if
2: they have that. The Google, the Google is it cardboard? Yeah. Or whatever that stuff is, the virtual reality stuff that they're doing. I'm sure that'll be there. And honestly, like I haven't even looked into any of what's going on because I know I won't be able to see any of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on that note, what's uh, the town you got to surviving South by Southwest without actually losing your mind?
2: Yeah, that's always kind of the balance. Um, I've been very, very lucky to be a teacher and have spring break during South by Southwest. Um, And they do that on purpose. They give people the chance to get out of town um, just because the traffic does increase quite a bit and our traffic is already horrible. Um, All of South by Southwest takes place downtown, at least the official parts of the conference. And most people don't live downtown, um, but a lot of people do, um, you know, commute. To jobs and downtown offices and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of companies will allow everybody to work from home or if you do unfortunately have to go into downtown, it is a pretty big nightmare. Um, but luckily for me, um, I pretty much kind of split my time during that week between you know, trying to enjoy my spring break Um, I usually head out of town for a few days just in the local surrounding area we um, in Texas we have something called the hill country and it's just beautiful we have a lot of vineyards and wineries out there and just a lot of really beautiful scenery and then I spend about half the time uh, you know I ride the bus ride um, our metro rail that we have downtown so I can avoid hyped up parking fees usually parking is about eight bucks in Austin and it will go up to like 20 or 40 dollars depending on where you go. So it's kind of you learn as you live here how what to avoid and how to avoid things, um, and you kind of you you stick in your neighborhood. Um, so if you live in a neighborhood where South by Southwest is, you rent out your apartment, you rent out your house, and you go stay somewhere else for a couple days. Uh, you can make a lot of money on where you live, but if you don't live downtown or any any of those areas. You just kind of lay low. You stay in your neighborhood um, unless you really have something you want to go down to see. So you, you've learned to figure it out, um, but it can definitely be a pain in the butt if it interferes with work or just daily life.
0: Nice. Makes sense. <laughs> well, the main thing I want to know is how on earth do people schedule this? I know there's a whole you know, unofficial side of this as well for those who don't have badges. I know Pretty much every venue, theater, whatever, will have performances, film screenings, and that sort of thing. So how do, how do you even know where to start with this?
2: Yeah, that's something I've learned how to do over the years too. Um, I always do my own little handwritten schedule every year. Um, I have a friend who has a huge Google spreadsheet where we invite all of our friends. He has links to all of the RSVPs. It's all divided up in a grid. You RSVP, you mark if you've got a plus one or not. Everything, even if it's free, it has an RSVP that you have to go to. So I actually have created um, an email address just for RSVPing to South by Southwest events. Um, so that's definitely helpful. If you rsvp to everything, then it's already, you know, it comes to your inbox and that helps out a lot too. So I'll search my inbox by date and all the dates of those events will come up. So that's one crazy way to do it. Um, we do have some really helpful websites in Austin. Um, most recently, well, one of the most popular ones, it's a website called RSVPster. And basically you sign up and you pay them some money and they RSVP you to everything. Um, There are some smaller sites. Um, I used to run a website called South by South Free where I posted um, kind of more low-key events, not the big popular ones with the big headlining acts and stuff, but more of the smaller house parties and stuff like that. But um, because I used the initials South by South, Um, I actually got a cease and desist from their lawyer (laughs) and had to take it down. So I do not run that website anymore. But um, one of my favorite websites in town is called showlistaustin.com. And for anyone who's curious to see who is playing the unofficial shows, that's the place to go. Um, Because a lot of the bands listed on the actual South by website are only playing one or two shows and they're official. Meaning, again, you can't get into it unless everybody else already gets in and there's some room and you pay a cover. Right. I usually have to – you kind of pick and choose. Um, You don't always get to see everything that you want to. Maybe there are two bands um, who you want to see. They're at the same time or maybe they're 30 minutes apart but they're across town. And you just kind of have to go with the flow. Um, you have to figure out what you're going to see and what you don't. And sometimes you get to see none of what you want to see and you discover some really awesome bands. So that's that's usually the best part is, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I have seen all the bands I want to see and I've seen them multiple times. Um, and now it's more fun to just say, oh, this is a punk showcase. Cool. Yeah. I'll go hang out for four hours and drink some beer and hopefully see a band, something new. Um, and I say drink a beer, drink like five beers because I'm not driving. So um, I don't know really it's really interesting there you everybody always comes in with the schedule and then you basically throw it out the window um because something always comes up you meet someone there was one year that I met um Danny Pewdie um Abed from Community and I like ran into him at a really small showcase and we started talking and I ended up hanging out with him for the rest of the day like I threw my schedule out the window because <laughs> duh Abed from Community so it's you just never know what's going to happen. And that's kind of one of the fun parts of the whole thing is that so many people are in town and you just kind of, you let it happen. And it always ends up being fun unless you're too drunk or you're skipping down the street because you are drunk and you sprain your ankle and your friends have to carry you. Sounds like yes. personal
0: experience there. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs>
2: Well, you just never know. It's a pretty interesting just thing, phenomena that happens.
0: <laughs> well, that covers the questions I had, Megan. Why don't you go ahead and <laughs> finish off any questions you have left?
1: All right, this next one is actually pretty great, and I'm reading your answer in Google Docs right I now. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> so, will Will DJ Khaled give out the key to success to surviving South by Southwest?
2: Yes. What? i don't know what this means
1: all right all right so i saw on the main site that he's doing a showcase with nas on the official Uh south by southwest which Uh. means his snapchat channel or like his snapchat feed is probably just going to be videos of him giving out life advice like his thing he has a little key next to his name on snapchat and he gives out the key to success for everything
2: (laughs) God. And I think, see, that's it... like, I,
1: <laughs>
2: it's great. Oh Lord. And that's like, that's, I don't know. That'll be really interesting. And that's one of the the sides of South by that I really know nothing about. And it's, that's one part that is, difficult for me is so much I mean yeah he is a huge thing on snapchat and I get that but they're also (laughs) you know snapchat will come in and like sponsor parties and stuff like that you know like tumblr sponsors a party um skype sponsors a party that kind of thing but it got to a point where one year doritos sponsored a stage and they had a 60 foot vending machine set up in the middle of downtown and like I'm pretty sure like coolio or somebody played it like It got ridiculous, and it is 100% ridiculous. So that's, I don't know, that's the part of it that I just kind of roll my eyes at every year and just, again, go hide at the co-op on the college campus and watch 17-year-olds drink candles of vodka. So, you know, to each his
1: own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's an interesting time either way. It sounds it. And before I get into my last question about South by Southwest, I have just a small little tidbit. About the festival. So, four years ago, I think my ex actually went to one of the unofficial shows and had a very late 21st birthday celebration with some Korean band. That sounds so, well right. Yeah, I mean, I saw pictures from it. Mean, I just shook my head. He's in the Air Force, used to be a Korean linguist, so that's how, I guess, he got into it. Got but anyway... Like South by Southwest looks fun, but sounds like a nightmare for someone who's weirdly introverted for being an extrovert. So like someone like me. I it's, am exactly it's, yeah.
2: that. Um, it is hard. Like I am someone who I have to take breaks a lot from people in social situations, you know, so even, you know, when I come home from work, from teaching, I just have to be alone. Um, I have to regenerate myself. So that that does happen. You know, I can spend a day. Out and about, and then the next day I have to kind of lay low, um, and it it definitely can be overwhelming, especially if you're in the main part of downtown. Because um, I've I've had moments where I've had panic attacks and moments of just I have to get out of here. I have to escape um, which, you know, at this point in my life, I've definitely toned it down a bit as far as the drinking goes and everything. But I also, you know, intentionally look for shows that are going to be smaller, um, shows where I can sit down, (laughs) shows where I know that I can go to the bathroom and not have to, you know, pop in and out of bars and that kind of stuff. So all of those things definitely help. Um, so, but it's, it's a learning experience every year. Um, So that it is really hard and it is exhausting. Um, I mean, it's exhausting whether you're introverted or not, but it's definitely, you know, mentally exhausting to an extent as well. So I definitely understand that concern. But, you know, you just have to give yourself a chance to, you know, you may miss out on a show, but you're going to feel a lot better the next day from taking a break. So you do have to take care of yourself. And I get sick every year. I get sick every South by from just going too hard. Uh two years ago I had to get like a steroid shot in my butt because I was so sick. Ooh. But it helped. I felt better the next day and went right back out.
1: <laughs> well, okay. You do
2: what you gotta do. <laughs> it's self by, man.
1: Well, speaking of that, like it's I looked at the website with the official um who's playing. And I mean, they've got some pretty solid acts, you know, like Diet Sig, Bio, Diarrhea Planet, who actually was here in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia last night which was pretty cool but I diarrhea
2: God. planet loves them some austin they're here oh. all the time i have some friends who are really good friends with them so they're here a lot diarrhea um, planet's one of those bands though that will play an official show and then we'll play like five unofficial ones so they're easy oh to yeah see. I, I know block like... party block party is amazing they're playing some unofficial shows but the problem is is that three thousand people want to go to that same show that has 250 spots in it You end up waiting in a line for, you know, an hour or two camped out and you may or may not get in to see them. Um, You know, even if it's not a badge or wristband show, it's all about capacity. Um, So that's one of the things that's really frustrating. I think people come into town to see all these shows and if they really don't know how everything works, people get really, really disappointed. Um, You have to kind of go into everything just assuming you're not going to see the big acts. And then if you do, you're really, really lucky and it's a great experience. So that's that's one of the harder parts is you get disappointed.
1: Well, I mean, P.O.D. and Blue October are playing <laughs> and those are fans that like I haven't even heard of since the mid 2000s. So Which, it's it's weird that they're playing. I have, a whole, I have a problem
2: with that because I don't know the whole like reason South by Southwest started as a conference was to like help up and coming bands. fans. And I know at this point that it is a lot of marketing and getting people in and helping out, you know, bands that are trying to stay relevant. But like, come on, like, POD does not need any damn exposure. exposure. Blue October's <laughs> from Dallas. Like, I can't believe people are still excited about them. Like, I don't know. They're. I don't think they are relevant anymore, but I guess somebody out there is fighting for them. But that's why, again, I like going to the small shows. I like trying to see stuff I've never heard of, because I think that is the point. You know, you go to shows if you want to see them, but you kind of stumble onto the ones that, you know, you don't expect to enjoy or that you've never heard of. Those are the ones where you have the
1: best time. And I see that they're still making uh, Metalcore relevant with I Stars. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. They're- Sounds like it's going to be a fun blast from the past. Um, I will not not be there. I will miss
2: that (laughs) blast.
1: (laughs) And I think actually the NPR showcase, I hope that'll be streamed live or recorded so you can listen to it at later dates. But that showcase is going to feature Mitski, which is like, Super cool.
2: Yeah, NPR is always really good about that, but NPR I believe is an official one, so that's usually one that's kind of tough to get into. Just yeah. because everybody knows NPR, and especially in a liberal city like Austin, everybody loves NPR.
1: So that one—that's why I kind said I think tough. it'll be recorded. Yeah, I can't remember
2: which how they pick what they stream and what they don't. I re- that's kind of a newer thing is the streaming that they're doing. So oh, I'm not yeah. sure how they're doing that this year.
0: Although I'm sure you can find almost. Every single performance on YouTube at some point. Yeah. Bef- somebody's got a social yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can definitely check out that NPR one.
1: Yeah. And I hope actually that the keynote um, speakers will also be filmed and streamed yes. because they,
2: they do stream the keynotes. Oh,
1: because I actually want to see the Obamas. Yes. I yeah, think it's cool that. Our wonderful president himself is going to discuss technology and modernizing the world and government during the um, interactive portion of South by Southwest and that Michelle will be speaking during the music portion um, about her Let Girls Learn initiative.
2: Yeah, I can't believe they actually got them to come and do this. Um, A, because traveling around downtown in security is going to be a complete nightmare for them. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's definitely hands down the biggest speaker that we've ever had at a conference for sure, at least since I've been in town or since I've been attending. There's always somebody cool, you know, Dave Grohl doing the music or whatever. But this is, this will be really interesting. So that will be streamed. And that's something, you
1: know, I would be willing to watch from my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) And then lastly, my final question, which will be a very good one and and not not featuring anything that you don't know anything about. (laughs) But uh, where are the best places to eat in Austin during this whole experience?
2: And you know, what's sad, though, is I'm kind of a terrible person to answer that question. (laughs) Um, Austin is a city that has a lot of really interesting food. um, And it's all a little bit wasted on me it's like a lot of very like artistic plates and like weird stuff and I'm kind of just like can we go get hot dogs at Target <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely more of like a barbecue and taco girl. nice. And luckily we have a ton of that. Um, downtown is kind of hit or miss. We have a lot of restaurants that pop up and fail um, just because the real estate and the rent is so expensive down there. Um, one of my favorite places downtown is called Easy Tiger. Um, they, it's actually a bakery and a beer garden. Um, so they bake all of their own bread and everything. They use that in their sandwiches. They have pretzels um, and have a billion different kinds of beer. Really nice selection of whiskey. Um, so that's always a great place to go. Except, unfortunately, a lot of times during South by Southwest, they'll be closed for um, private events and stuff like that. But um, honestly, the best way to go um, as far as eating in Austin, I think, is on the east side of town. Um, 6th street, you know, is what most people know about Austin. Um, and there are actually three parts of 6th street. There's the West end central part, which is where everybody goes to party. And then the East side of town, East 6th. Um, and that's where a lot of the smaller bars are. That's where all of our food trucks are. Um, just really a lot of smaller restaurants. And if you're willing to kind of stray off the beaten path, um, there are a lot of really good mom and pop Mexican restaurants, really great barbecue trailers, um, but you just have to kind of go outside of sometimes your comfort zone. Um my favorite pizza place in town is um on the east side of town as well. It's called Via 313 and it's Detroit style pizza. And that I mean again, pizza, barbecue, Mexican food, you really can't go wrong with it. Um as far as downtown goes though, you do have to kind of look around and find something that might be in your price range. Uh but most of the time it's it's not too hard to find some good eats, but pretty much everywhere you go it's not bad. Austin's a really creative city. And as far as food goes, we do a really good job as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up our South by Southwest discussion there. So we're going to go ahead and head into recommendations to close out the episode. Caitlin, do you have anything for us?
2: Yeah, I got I got nothing, man. I was on vacation, came back to work, and I've had no time for anything. So I've been living a really exciting life these past few days. <laughs> um, I will say like anyone who does have any more South by Southwest questions, um, if you're coming into town, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'd be happy to you know, help you out, give you any advice. So um, you can either tweet us at the misaligned pod um, handle or my personal one is don't mess with ATX. So that would be my recommendation is ask me questions if you have them. I'm always willing to help, give recommendations on where to stay, stay, um, how to get around, whatever it may be. So definitely do that.
0: Nice. And Megan, I know you have some music you're really excited about. So why don't you go ahead?
1: Uh, This first piece is actually something that I wrote as the modern vinyl recommends. And it is the Casey Musgraves and Miguel remix of Miguel's song Waves. It's basically like sex in your ears. And it's incredible. And it's Wonderful, and there's a minute um, teaser trailer for the video. So that's going to be a very good video. Yes. It's a weird combination, but it works so well. And then, actually, on weird collaborations, I guess Miguel um, teamed up with one of the Butler brothers from Arcade Fire and did a Hotline Bling cover. So that's the thing. Continuing on here, we've got the Untitled Unmastered, which came out over the weekend from Kendrick Lamar was supposed to be, I guess, a surprise drop, but Spotify dropped the ball a little early and put up information about it and then took it down really quickly. And like I said earlier, the internet is forever. (laughs) It stays on once you put it there. Yeah. And lastly, Pop Channel. I don't know um, what it is on individual carriers or if it's carried nationwide, but the Pop Channel has been showing reruns of The O.C. on TV. And I know from 1 p.m. Eastern time to um, 4 p.m., they have been showing three episodes a day. And I think it starts up on Tuesdays. They keep flipping the days. But either way, uh, it's midway through season two right now. And it's just great to see that show on TV again.
2: So that's how I feel about them re-airing Friday Night Lights.
0: Oh,
1: that show is so great.
0: Love Friday Night Lights. We can't talk
2: about it right now. We can have a whole other discussion on that.
0: Maybe we should do a TV episode where we just talk about a bunch of TV stuff. I think we can do that.
2: I like that, for sure.
0: Oh, yes. Awesome. Well, I still need to listen to that Kendrick Lamar album. Shame on me, I know. It's so good. Hopefully, by the time you guys hear this, I will have listened to it. I always say these things and then I go listen to them before anyone actually hears this. So, but I second that Casey Musgraves <laughs> and Miguel recommendation. Definitely a great, great song. Everyone go listen to it and then go read Megan's post about it. Another. I was very hungry when I wrote this, <laughs> by the
1: way. It shows.
0: Best time to write, obviously. Well, this week I have two recommendations. The Modern Vinyl Podcast just did an episode on the format's dog problems, and they did that with someone at Mondo. I cannot remember his name right now, even though I listened to this episode literally like two or three hours ago, tops. But it's always nice to see, you know, these albums come back that a lot of people liked and loved and hear people talk about them and their personal experience with the album and that sort of thing. So check that out. And... By the time you hear this, tomorrow, Intuit Over It will have a new album out, Standards, and it is fantastic, so do yourselves a favor and go listen to that. And lastly, before we go, this isn't necessarily a recommendation, but more of a plug, since we are part of the Modern Vinyl Podcast family, other than our podcast and the Modern Vinyl Podcast, the original podcast, the site also has The Vinyl Crawl, which is guys talking about albums and pairing it with, you know, like a craft beer. I believe they've done wine once. So basically pairing music and alcohol, things that go well together. And then we have Pilot Study, which is Chris and Grimes talking about pilot episodes of TV shows, which Going off of Megan's recommendation, they did do an episode of The O.C., which, as someone from Orange County, I have never watched the show, so I have no clue what they were talking about in that episode, but <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you would. They also did Scooby-Doo, one of my favorite shows ever, and I'm pretty sure I vividly remember the pilot episode that they discussed. <laughs> so if you're into TV, definitely check that one out. And it's not The
1: Singer Grimes. It's right, like yes, John Grimes. Yes. Let's let's just make that clear.
0: <laughs> yes, our modern vinyl compatriot, Grimes, not the singer. I'm sure Chris wishes it was the singer, but can't have everything now, can we? All right. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.